Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Hello, OTCers. I hope everyone had a good few days in September so far when it comes to trading. I know for me, the energy felt different in some of the group chats that I'm in, even on social media sites, and even my long holes where I added the dips paid off. I hope you all as well feel different as we start this month when we're comparing it to August. Remember, in order to win the game, you have to be willing to play. Many will sit on the sideline, right, and throw stones. Those are the same ones who rather complain rather than take action. Who rather walk in their who rather walk with their hand out instead of putting them to use while others put their hard hat on and just keep on working, figuring out what works for them and what doesn't. Rather you made any trades or just one trade during that month of August, if you got one percent better, right? Either mentally when it comes to trading, educationally, or even just put yourself in position to to bounce back in these next few months, you're all right. You're in good position. You're in a better position that you you really think you are, which leads me to the first topic of the day, which is goal setting. We have less than four months of trading before the year end. And the next four months, please write down some trading goals, then write a plan on how you plan on accomplishing them. Now, it's easy to say like, hey, I just want to make 20,000 or 100,000. But what are you going to do day in and day out to get there? Whatever your goals are, don't change the goal. Change your effort, change your focus, change your execution. When we change our goals, we're not holding ourselves accountable, which means we treat it as like a leisure, right? Like we got time versus it being truly a priority. We start, we stop, and we restart again. For example, it's like me and my fitness journey lately. You know, when I think about it, the past few years, I've been slacking on getting back in shape. I start, I stop countless times. I may lose five pounds one week, start off the other week good. Then one family dinner leads to a family and friends function, leads to the kids having multiple things to do, places to be, leads to me starting back over again. A repeated cycle. Then in July, my youngest child is born. With this COVID thing floating around the world, I told myself, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to get back in tip-top shape. So I started my journey again, eating better most of the time. You know, I reached out to a chef who's going to start making me some meals that I'm excited to eat. I started by playing basketball, you know, as an extra form of cardio. And right when I was getting some consistency, my hamstring pops. Instantly, I knew all those times I put off of starting and stopping. It caught up with me. That is majority of the people who want to learn stocks, who start, who stop, or who keep changing their goals. At what point do we say enough is enough? Why do we have to wait to our hamstring pop to open our eyes? Your freedom and your goals await you. So again, I'm going to ask, we got four months left. What are some trading goals? Write them down, write a plan, 
And whatever goes you put down, don't you change them. Don't you make excuses. Put your hard hat on and get to executing your plan to accomplish your goals. Many people lately have asked, why do I preach when it comes to the OTC, trade and invest like a sniper? Now, before I explain why, I do want to say I don't have any military background whatsoever. So when I say I'm picturing the sniper mentality, I'm thinking about the movies that I've seen. Heck, even Call of Duty. Now in the video games, the one who normally kills me the most isn't the guy that's running around shooting at everything. It's the guy who's patiently waiting, ducked off, looking for the kill shot. That is the OTC. Up until the SEC provided these deadlines, over a decade ago, it's been pretty much known as the Wild Wild West. When I shoot at everything, is when I first started, right? And I was shooting at everything, my percentage, maybe it was 50%, right? Sometimes I had success. And then there were other times where I took losses. My account nearly stayed the same. It wasn't until I stopped shooting at everything and I replaced my AK-47 with a sniper gun when my account took off. And I really haven't looked back since. It's not about how many trades you do. It's about putting yourself in a position to maximize the gains when the trades you do are executed appropriately. Snipers are the most efficient trained killers in my opinion. So if I trade that way, I'm putting myself in position to get several hundred to thousands percent gains on a regular basis. So I'm really okay with missing a 40 to 50% potential gain, knowing that I'm putting myself in position to get a one to 2000% gain. But to get to this point in comfort level, I had to endure some wounds, some battle scars that came from making mistakes. So that's why what I want to do right now is share the most common mistakes that I made when I first started year after year so that if you're just getting started or if you're just, you know, trying to figure out your process, you at least know what not to do. So when I first started, my first plan was right. I remember starting, it was towards the end of the year. I forget what year it was. It was over 10 years ago. But I signed up for all these like um, press releases, right? Not realizing they were paid promotions. So I remember seeing these press releases. It was towards the end of the year. And they were like, all the tickers they provided from January to December, if you total all the percent gains, it equaled to like over 40,000% gains for the whole year on all the tickers they provided. So with me just starting, I was like, man, look. I'm just going to buy whatever they announce and and go that route. It saves me from having to learn how to trade because all I have to do is whatever articles, whatever the press release has, I buy that ticker and I sell when I get some gains. Little did I know at the bottom of those paid promotions, it mentions how much they was paid. So here I am buying every ticker they mentioned, but I found myself losing. I suffered loss after loss on all these paid promotions, especially those press releases that I was signing up where they email you the latest news where they were getting paid to 
pretty much pumped the stock. So there were times where I'm buying this ticker and it tanks, right? Because the company had used a specific service, right? For them to announce certain things and then they start diluting or they had notes and they had to get those notes out there. So yeah, avoid signing up for those paid press releases because in the end, they get paid regardless by the company or whoever is paying them, but you're going to be the one that ends up with short end of the stick. Next big mistake I started was trading without understanding volume. There was times where I was like, I'm going to buy any stock that had a certain percentage gain, right? So I moved on from these paid press releases and I was like, you know what? I got to learn something. So I set up my filters and I said, I want to know anything that's over, let's just say 20%, right? So I found myself buying stocks that had these massive runs, right? You might even notice it yourself. You might see a stock that is up 12,000% from the day. But if you don't look at that volume, you may not even realize that it was only one buy that caused that massive gap, right? That massive percentage. So what I would do is if I saw something that looked like it was a runner because the percentage was so high, I immediately bought, right? But what I noticed was the stocks that I was buying, no one else was really buying. Like there was no like the price didn't keep going up. And pretty much if someone bought a share or two that caused that massive buy, I added to that percentage going up more. But it backfired because I had to sell at a loss in order to get out. There was no volume. I didn't take the time to understand the volume and the importance and and understand the importance of the volume prior to entering any stock. So please avoid situations where you see 14, 15,000% gains and you don't look at the volume because it may be only a hundred shares bought, right? Or maybe one trade was done. So don't feel like you really missed out on something that has this massive percentage when the volume is so low. All that really is, is another form of manipulation. And what I would hate for you to do is what I was doing. I was buying in, maybe I put a few grand in, expecting it to go up, right? Cause this is gonna be that runner. And then the stock really had no activity. And in order for me to get out, I had to sell way, way low. Heck, sometimes I couldn't even get out without doing like a market sale and bringing it all the way back down to maybe like trip one when I bought in way, way higher. So definitely trading without understanding the volume is a big, big recipe for disaster. Moving on, falling in love with a stock. I remember it like it was yesterday. I think the ticker was IACH. It may, it may be a different ticker, but I remember the story. The story, they was working on a building amusement parks. I had bought in in the trips. It was over 10 cent. I was sitting nice, right? I didn't take any profit out. I was up so massive. The story was beautiful. I was like, man, when they when these amusement parks get built, this thing is going to go to the dollars. I'm about to be rich, rich. This is going to keep going up. The story was so believable. I love the stock so much that I never saw the red flags, right? I never took the time to notice the lack of filings, and then the notes, the incomplete press releases. There was a lot of unknowns, but 
I was blinded by love, right? I love the stock. I love the story so much that I was willing to, you know, pretty much put a cover over my face and not see anything negative, even though it was all in front of me. The signs was there, right? It's pretty much like how people date these days. They try to turn somebody bad, good. The signs are there and it was like, nah, this is the one. In all actionality, it's not the one, right? So the stock ended up getting suspended. I lost out on a ton of money. I was sick to my stomach and I was back to square one with my account. One of many times when I first started of having six figures and having an account suspended, but it comes with the territory and it was just a, a lesson learned. But what I learned though is no matter how good the story is, you still got to make sure your eyes are open, right? You still got to be willing to read those press releases, look for any, any, you know, signs that may be hiccups, right? The truth of the matter is when it comes to penny stocks and small businesses in a five-year span, 90% fail, right? So keep that in mind on your journey that as much as you love a stock, you still want to protect yourself, right? You still want to have some, some sense of peace with that stock in the event something bad may happen, right? So definitely one to keep in mind. That's just one story. I remember another one and I had my account was rolling. I had a stock that I had probably tripled down on. It was CYPE. Love the story. It took off. I think it was around 53 cent. I remember it. I remember this story too. Like it was yesterday. I was in Ohio. I was celebrating. I was well over six figures in that one. My conscience told me, get out, take some profit. But I was like, man, it's just getting started. The story is beautiful. They have a lot going on. And then that one got halted right after the market closed. And that six figures just sat there and I could never touch it. You know, it's and it's still in my account. As a reminder, do not fall in love with these stocks to the point that you don't have that necessary security and that peace. Next one, trading with no plan. Not having an exit plan, not having an entry plan, just saying to yourself, I'm just going to throw this money in there and see what it does, right? I used to do that. I've seen people do that when they first start, right? People tell them, hey, man, you know, you should learn about the OTC. You should learn in investing. And it's like, you know what? Give me a ticker. I'm just going to throw the money in there. But the more you do that and the more you take that approach, the more unsuccessful you want to be. You're basically just having losses pile up, pile up, pile up. And that's what happened to me, right? There was a time where I never had a plan. I didn't have an exit plan. So even when I saw gains, I didn't know what I was investing in. Therefore, I never knew when to take money out. And the account may go up and then it comes right back down. And it fell on me. Another one that comes to mind is pretty much following pumpers. And I'm not here to say all pumpers are bad. Some pumpers probably have a unfair label. But what I when I first started, I never checked the pumpers track history, right? So I will follow people who had these large followings or just flash these uh, real big account balances, right? But it never dawned on me. Maybe they got the money from a trust fund. 
Maybe they were born rich, you know? So none of those things really played a role in my head of why I want to follow these people. So I remember following this one person. He would say like, hey, I just bought 100 million shares. And when he would say that, I would go in, I would go buy some too. I'm like, man, if he bought 100 million, I can buy 5, 10 million and it's going to go up some. And I just got to get out before he does, right? Before he dumps that 100 million. And then one day it dawned on me to look at level two, you know, right? To look at the buys and sell stamps. And I saw what he was saying didn't match. You know, he basically was lying, right? So every time he would say, hey, I bought, let's say, ABCD and I bought 20 million shares, I would go back and look the history, look at the timestamps, and I would notice, like, he didn't buy that recently. He may have bought it a while ago and front-loaded the stock, but he was making it seem like he had just done that. And so I started doing that on all these pumpers history. And and I noticed that majority of them would say they buying or they reloading to have people who are following them buy and why people are buying because it was mentioned by them, they start selling. So at the end of the day, they can post, hey, I had this amount of gains. But have you ever noticed where you might buy a stock because somebody mentioned it and you're in the red and they're in the green? Chances are they front loaded the stock and when they mentioned it, they were selling to you as you were buying and just getting in. So definitely, definitely check anybody who you're following history. Just see, you know, sometimes these pumpers give these long lists of stocks and can't tell you why they listing them. Right. So if I give you 20, 20 stocks and two of them go off, I can just keep mentioning those two. Right. As hey, I mentioned these two. Uh, tickers and now it gives me it gives me more credibility. Never mind, you might have also bought the other eighteen stocks. So definitely keep in mind when they when they start pushing these tickers, have some caution, especially if they're not having a why of why they're recommending it. Last thing I would want you to do is for those really who are starting not to follow someone with a large following and just buy a stock because they mentioned it, and you really you know, in a way you're, you're a victim, but it is your responsibility. It is your money because at the end of the day, they're not telling you to buy the stock or selling it. They're just mentioning the stock and due to the fact they have a large following, people will buy it. And nine times out of 10, any stock that they are uh, suggesting, they've already front loaded that stock. So you're probably going to be the one um, buying from them. Next one, thinking I can swing a stock over and over and over again. Now, There may be times, right, where a stock goes up, then it comes back down, then it goes back up, then it comes back down, and you'll find this pattern, right? And you'll say to yourself, like, hey, if I can get in at 0050, it goes up to 0080, I can get out, and then I can just repeat, do it over and over again. And hey, at the end of the day, profit is king. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I found myself that the more I did that, the more I saw how I was not putting myself in position to maximize my gains. And the toughest lesson was A-N-D-I. When Andy first took off, I want to say this was about eight years ago. I had probably tens of millions of, of that specific stock of shares, right? 
I had bought in the trips and it normally had moved from trip four to trip eight. And that had, and for the longest, it was rumored news, but every week it would go trip four to trip eight, back to trip four, up to trip eight, right? So one day I had decided like, you know what? I'm always holding these stocks. I see these patterns. One, I just keep, you know, playing these singles, right? So trip four to trip eight is a hundred percent. Then when it goes back down, I can use that same money, buy those same shares and, and, and repeat the same cycle. So with ANDI, I remember it hit trip eight and I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. Sold it. I felt good. I was up uh, over a hundred percent. Cause remember I was still holding shares when I had bought in the low trips. So I finally got out. I was like, now I can't wait. So when it come to trip four, all that money I just made, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to do it again. Then the rumor news that I had been waiting for for months came out. And never before have I ever saw a stock go from trips to the penny so fast. And I just had a big lump in my stomach. I was sick because just for simple math, if you own 10 million shares and you sell that trip eight and then it goes to a penny at minimum, you pretty much lost out over $90,000. Just estimate. So even though I felt good that I had doubled my money, I felt horrible that I <laughs> was now out of so much money. And I had more than 10 million shares, right? And I think it ended up going to three and four cent and it just kept poking me. Like I remember staring at that stock and I was livid. I was sick to my stomach. I didn't know what to do. And it taught me though that as much as it is appealing to try to swing, you know, penny stocks and constantly day trade. Again, the more you do it, you start finding yourself over trading and you're getting away from your plan of uh, learning a story and maximizing your gains. Right. So definitely keep that in mind. At the end of the day, profit is king. Someone may hear that part and say, hey, at least you got 100 percent. Yeah but I should have had several thousands of percent on that one. So man, that hurts even just reminiscing on that one. Moving on, second guessing myself. Now this is one, heck, even some of my friends still do to, the, to this day, right? You, you find yourself thinking, should I buy or should I sell, right? You've done that research and your gut is telling you, you know, trust yourself, go ahead and buy. Or your gut is telling you, Go ahead and sell. And you don't do neither, right? You you start second guessing yourself. And that has happened with me early on, right? It rarely happens now. You know, I trust myself completely. You know, I'm very confident when I believe in stocks and things of that nature. But early on, I would do the research and I'm like, I like this one. And then I go tell some friends or I tell some people who introduced me to penny stocks because I was looking for that validation and they didn't, they might not give that necessary reaction that I wanted and I didn't, and, and I wouldn't get in. And then the stock takes off. Right. And then they would tell me like, Hey, remember that stock? Thank you for telling me about that stock. And they actually got in. So there were times where second guessing myself has backfired as far as me getting bad entry points. 
And then there's those times where second guessing yourself as far as when you should get out of a stock, right? You watch this stock go up and you're like, man, I should get out right now. Now nah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to see if it go up more. And then it dips and it never goes back up again, right? You didn't trust yourself. There were times where I didn't trust myself even on my exit plan and I didn't put myself in that position to maximize the gains, right? So please trust your gut. It's there for a reason. Don't second guess yourself. You know, if you truly believe in a decision, do it. Don't look for validation from nobody. If you've done the research, um, if you have a plan, execute your plan. Your plan is your plan, right? Don't look for someone to validate your plan for you. Okay. Another one that comes to mind is holding a stock versus taking profits based on someone else's position. I remember when meeting with people and talking stocks who who had large accounts and I was just first getting started, they would discuss their plans, right? They would discuss the story of a stock and what they thought it would go to. And I found myself following their plan, right? There were times where I would hold a stock too long, knowing that my account is where it's my own account and I'm trying to build it up. And I was acting like I was already on their level, right? So a person who has tens of millions of dollars versus a person getting started, their patience level is going to be different, right? So that person who's just getting started might have two grand. But if he's trying to invest and trying to trade based on somebody who has let's say $20 million, the success rate may not always be the same, right? So what I mean is that person who has $20 million may, in his mind, plan on holding for a year, right? So they're like, look, I don't plan on selling because of the capital gains, so the dips don't bother me. Whereas someone else who has 2000 and that goes up to 20000 right? Or let's just say even 10000 they probably should consider taking out money. So I found myself investing and trading based on someone who's already made it, right? Versus someone who has a plan, who's trying to get to their level. I was acting like I was on their level when I first started. And I found myself overholding at times when I should have taken profit and positioning myself for the next mover. So in a way, I was always trying to play catch up with someone who wasn't even worried about me who was actually trying to help me. And it's not just one person. It was like, you know, I've been fortunate enough to meet a whole bunch of quality traders who've been doing it for 20, 30 years, probably since I was, you know, even a baby. And I was trying to be on their level without putting their level of kind of work in in a short period of time. Now, this next one, regretfully selling out of emotion. Now, a lot of people... I know did this with uh, TSNP. TSNP was a stock that went from like the trips to like 14, 15 cent. And then um, I think it came back down to like three or four cent. So there were a ton of people who got in that stock, right? It goes to 14, 15 cent. Story doesn't change. Share structure doesn't change. It comes back down. And people are mad, right? Man, I didn't get out at 14 cent. Now I'm at three cent. And then they just sell at three cent. But guess what? A week or two later, it started going back up to five, six, seven cent, 
and then eventually goes back over 14 cent. And then in TSP case, it actually goes up to a dollar 98 cent. So regretfully selling out of emotion nine times out of 10 is going to cause a backfire. Meaning, yes, you may have gotten some profit, but you're selling because you're upset that you didn't get out at the highest point. Right. But if you go back and you look at the story, if the story isn't it didn't change, the share structure didn't change. There probably was some manipulation, but you're so frustrated at the dip that took place. You didn't even notice like, hey, it's probably going to bounce back. So you you sold out of that emotion and basically you caught yourself a double whammy. Right. You didn't get out near the high. You sold on a large dip only to watch a stock go back up to what the high was and then surpass it. Right. It's one where early on a lot of my sales was out of emotion. Right. It'd go up to five cent, then come back down to one cent. And I'm mad and I get out at one only for it to springboard up to seven, eight, nine, ten cent. So I share that because you should never trade based on emotion. And if you're selling a stock and the story stays the same, the share structure stays the same. You sometimes you just got to weather that storm. Right. So. Keep that in mind. And then the last one. A mistake that I, I made is day trading penny stocks, right? I found myself trying to day trade, right? So when you first get started, not a lot of people always put can can afford to put in twenty five thousand to get over that that day trading that day trading limit. So the average person, when they do get over that day trading limit, they immediately immediately start thinking to themselves, "Man, all I need to do is make five hundred a day." It'll add up over the long term. Sounds sweet, right? But when it comes to penny stocks and it comes to day trading, there's a risk with that, right? And that goes back to the sniper approach, the sniper shooter versus someone who has an AK and they're shooting at everything. The problem with penny stocks, in my opinion, I really don't believe they're made for day trading unless you're trying to manipulate or you're a pumper. When you're trying to have financial freedom, you're missing, you're gonna miss out on a lot of runs, massive runs, because you're day trading, right? You're day trading penny stocks. Also, you're doing it based on certain patterns. And in penny stocks, a lot of these patterns will get broken and they're easier to break when you compare it to major market. Do I day trade? Absolutely. And I make a good amount day trading, but I don't day trade penny stocks, I day trade major market. The charts, the patterns are more predictable and it's it's easier to figure out when it comes to day trading. But I did try day trading penny stocks early on and I missed out on major runs. I overtraded. I kept trying to trade certain stocks. So now that I was exiting and entering them in that 30 day wash period, I really wasn't been I wasn't put myself in position to be able to take advantage of any tax losses that I may have occurred, right? So that's something that you definitely want to keep in mind. And again, you you miss out on maximum gains. So really, OTC gives you the option or the ability to pretty much have financial freedom, right? If you find 
a stock low or you find one that run massive, you can have some financial stability, right? But you got you have to do the research. You have to do, you know, um, the due diligence behind that. You sometimes you got to weather the storm. You have to be patient. A stock may not move for a while and then boom, it moves. So definitely, please keep that in mind. Day trading, some people may do it. You got to ask yourself, look at the person who's doing it. Ask yourself, are they are they a pumper? Do they have a large following that's allowing them to do that? What stocks are they really day trading, right? Most stocks, when it comes to penny stocks, the day trading, for me, I really personally don't do it much, right? There may be times where there's news out and I'm like, oh, this is a, a run, a one day runner. That's fine. But to be like every day, I'm going to make this amount and I'm trading, I'm day trading penny stocks. The risk and the reward don't, don't weigh for me personally. And there was a lot of self-inflicted wounds as far as taking unnecessary losses and missing out on massive gains that I probably should have met certain goals way earlier than I did. So something to keep in mind. I have to be transparent, right? And the whole point of this podcast, I can't bring people on that share their stories or share some of their lessons learned. And I'm not doing it myself because at the end of the day, if we're going to pay it forward, we want to help others avoid certain mistakes. So I'm hoping that, heck, if I can help the next person avoid five out of the 10 mistakes I just said, that person is going to be a way better trader than, than I am and in a short period of time. So that's something to definitely, definitely keep in mind. At the end of the day, nothing beats hard work, dedication, execution, you know, so definitely something to keep in mind. There's no shortcuts with this, right? So anything you can think of that's going to save time, right, from pay services to uh, just taking shortcuts, you're not the first person to think of it. And chances are many people have thought of it and many people have felt. So why even risk it, right? If you're going to do it, put in the work, put in a dedication, create a plan and execute your plan. So now we're at the part of the episode where we talk about the ticker of the day. This stock ticker this past week ran over 300% in a day. It's one that I mentioned, I want to say about two to three months ago on social media sites or even on the Telegram or even in Penny Stock Guru's chat. The company, what caused the massive run this week, the, comp, the company not only became current, which is always a good thing, they were on like what I consider the naughty list, right? They had the skull on it and it recently came off. Uh, they have less than 600 million shares available for trading right now. That's currently being traded. Again, I didn't mention it on the podcast months ago and there was a reason behind that. I had it in my notes, but the reason why I didn't mention it is because a lot of brokers at a certain period of time had a deadline where they were where they were stopping people from being able to buy the C, uh, stocks that had the CE restrictions and you know that little skull if you go to OTC markets it has a skull on it, right? So a lot of stocks, a lot of brokerage companies, especially the bigger bigger ones, they had that restriction. So I felt like it was doing people a disservice to mention it and many people couldn't buy it at all. And a lot of people barely want to hold a stock for a week. So I know they weren't going to hold it for three or four months, right? So it was something to keep in mind. This stock ticker is currently now linked to a merger 
even though it had a uh, nice run, it did come back down to earth pretty much after that strong pop because, you know, the company hasn't came out and said anything else. From my understanding, I haven't been able to find anything else since all their filings have been put in and it has been identified as now a company that's in a current status. Now, I'm mentioning this stock because moving forward, right, we have these deadlines coming up, the SEC deadlines. You're able to now play the filings and you're going to start seeing one day runners. So if you do want to day trade, right, or even, you know, if there's rumor of filings, you can now position yourself in advance, right? You can now buy if your broker allow you to buy a stock that's limited, pink limited right now, and just wait for the filings to come in and it's going to have a good pop. So that's why I'm mentioning this stock ticker, because you can see these characteristics that I just, I just identified. And you can start looking at some of the other stocks that are out there that may have filings coming in any day, because from my understanding, OTC market is they're behind, but they're working, you know, all day, every day, all around to uh, get all these filings in and try to help as many companies meet the SEC deadline and become current. So if you're able to get in early or you're able to identify a stock that's current that that morning, you can play that play the pop. And depending on the volume, as I'm pretty sure a lot of people can see low floats have been moving rapidly and massively and having uh, sustained gains now, you know, in the month of September. It is what it is. So the stock ticker that I'm going to mention or that I'm mentioning is CCAJ. Again, that's CCAJ. If you got in about three or four months ago before the restrictions uh, took place and you were patient enough to hold, I think I mentioned it around 0020, 0030, and I want to say this past week it hit over two cents. So you had a, a a pretty good profit. Hopefully you took some out, you paid yourself, and if you chose to hold, and that's on you too as well. At the end of the day, it's your account, um, and you just got to execute your plan. So this concludes today's episode. As always, if you can, please rate, write a review if the platform you're listening to allows you to do so. If you have any questions or topic requests, please email me at pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Again, that's pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.